0: It's that time of the week again to talk with our draft expert, Richard Stamen about all things NBA draft, including Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Suggs, second round prospects, mid first round prospects, and an updated list on who the Thunder have worked out. All that and more coming up on today's show, brought to you by Michelob Ultra at just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra moment of the week coming up later on in this episode for now enjoy our chat with richard
2: you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-ThunderPod. Email the show, L-O-ThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to have our weekly chat with our draft expert, Richard Staman at Mavs draft on Twitter, Mavsdraft.com, co-host of the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast every Tuesday. Richard, we're so close to the NBA draft. How are you feeling right now?
1: Man, on one hand, I'm excited. On the other, I'm kind of ready for the process to be over. It's uh, it's peak overthinking season and it's driving me crazy. So I'm excited.
0: <laughs> this has to be one of the most stressful times for you because not only you're kind of finishing up the, the process and Finishing up all your scouting reports and, this, and things like that, but now, now everyone's involved in the draft process. It's no longer this niche group of, of draft heads. It's like every single person who even remotely cares about basketball cares about the draft at this point in the state in the process. And like every name that I add to the Thunder workout, like no matter no matter what their projections are, every name there's at least two people that say pick 18 pick 18 for this guy's like okay he's projected to go 50th overall they're not gonna him pick 18 Like, let's relax a little bit here just because he has a good highlight tape so like it has to be a somewhat annoying time period too because everyone cannot be a first rounder i like, guess not a bad thing to admit that everyone's not a first rounder
1: yeah there's there can only be 30 first rounders i think people forget that and even the projected guys there's a lot of them that slip i mean. Ball Ball, I think most people were pretty shocked about two years ago. Nick Claxton was a guy who people, myself included, you know, he shut down his workouts for being, like he said, after he worked out with, I think it was whoever had the 12th pick, he worked out with them and shut down his workouts immediately and he won second round. So weird stuff happens.
0: Now in this podcast, I want to get into the Thunder at six, just assuming that there's no trade up. We'll talk about the trades at the top of that, top of this show. But I do want to talk about Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Suggs, Isaiah Jackson, Cam Thomas, Keon Johnson, and and talk about who the Thunder have worked out so far. We spent a ton of time talking about Cade and talking about Jalen Green and talking about Evan Mobley. uh, That It's now time to kind of adjust the sights to probably a more realistic range of prospects for the time being. But there are reports out of ESPN that the Thunder are trying to trade up to one or even two or three. Me and you have just talked about this for Ever we've known this forever. The Thunder have made it known forever that they're going to try to trade up. I'm not sure how this became a headline yesterday, but has your feelings on trading up at all changed between last week to this week now with this report? We know that they're trying. I can promise you that Sam Presti is doing everything he can from what I'm hearing to trade up. But it takes two to tango, so the, so the Thunder in this scenario are not afraid. Like Sam Presti is comfortable from what I'm hearing giving up current picks, giving up future picks. There's only a handful of players who are off limits, so it's not going to be a Thunder problem. It's not going to be a Danny Ainge problem. Sam Presley wants to do this, but you need another team to accept your trade package, and I'm not sure if there's a team out there who wants to accept your trade package for pick six.
1: Yeah, it's. I think this is going to be a draft where the entire top five stays the same in terms of teams picking. But that's number six spot really could be where it starts to open up. Like I I actually think it's almost more likely at this point that Oklahoma City trades out of six and not like back out of six, excuse me, backwards than them going up at this point, because I just, you know, there's smoke about Cleveland not wanting the pick, but why would they not want the pick? Like if the only way they wouldn't is if they're that delusional and somehow Evan Mobley falls to three and they're like, yeah, we'd rather have Jared Allen. Like, let's be real. That is a terrible investment when you're the Cleveland Cavaliers where you are right now, where your upside might be an eight seed. And if everything with this core went right, the upside is an eight seed. So they're the team that's the most likely to trade. Why, why would they trade? I just don't see why any team in the top five would do that.
0: So that was kind of like my next thing with you is the cast, because in my opinion, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert, but for for me evaluating on these prospects, I don't really see a reason to trade to four. I think that from at four, you're looking at Suggs, Kaminga, and Barnes. Yes, I think that Suggs is better than those two guys, Kaminga and Barnes, but he's not so overwhelmingly better to me uh, that you want to give up the future assets to get him, especially whenever you and I have both had questions about his fit with Shea. Uh, Now, he does have immense trade value. If 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 you got Jalen Suggs, even if he does not fit with Shea specifically, he would have immense trade value moving forward and he would be a a trade piece and a a blue chip trade piece at that. So there are reasons to go get Jalen Suggs. However, when you factor in the future assets it might take to go to four from six and the fact that Suggs, I think, can realistically fall to six, I think that it's not uh, a done deal that the Raptors would not select Scotty Barnes at four. I think that the Magic might select Keon Johnson, I mean, not Keon Johnson, uh, Jonathan Kaminga at at, uh, five and then the Thunder gets Suggs at six. I think that that's a realistic scenario. Now, is it likely? who knows, but there's a chance that that happens. So if you're the Cavs, first of all, getting back to the trades, would you, would you accept six and 16 for pick three and then taking on Kevin Love? Or would you just go ahead and pick at three? No,
1: I would pick at three. I don't think I, I, Kevin Love expires, what in 2023, I think 20 at the latest, I don't think he's 2024. So are you really, is your timeline changing that much where you're trying to win by 2023 that you need to dump Kevin Love and, with all due respect, you know, 16 and six, I don't think that you can get more there than you get at three with either Mobley Suggs or Jalen green.
0: Would you do, is there anything that you would do for Evan Moble? Would you six, 16 and Basley, or is it just like, okay, you know what? Let's just stick here and stay at three. If we cannot go up any higher than three.
1: I think, well, there's two different answers. I think what Cleveland should do is they, if they got six, 16 and, maybe another pick either this year or next year uh, for that three pick or get Bazley six in the future pick, something like that. Because, I mean, it, I think it's going to take a lot to move up in this class. Um, I think I think that uh, that would probably do it. But will Cleveland actually do it is a whole different topic. And I I just really don't see it. I think they're trying to get a godfather offer, which, of course, Oklahoma City could offer. But I just don't necessarily see it.
0: And moving down the pecking order here on the spectrum of trades, Toronto. Are you with me in saying that you know what? Let's just see where it falls out and shakes out at six. Let's just stay here, or would or do you think that the value is so significantly different from six to four that you'd go and give up that future asset? You'd you'd go and give up what it takes to go from six to four?
1: Yeah, I would move. I would move six to four. The drop off is big. Uh, Obviously, I think I think this is a six person draft at the top. I think that's something that's this approach. That I'm about to say is kind of overlooked. I've talked about this before on the podcast. The top five never, like literally never, returns the same every top five hitting the draft, right? So, someone in this top five is going to bust. We don't know who it is. Probably the most likely candidates are the two G League guys, right? Like, those are far and away the two most likely candidates because Suggs, Mobley, and Kate have such ridiculous floors that I personally just can't see it. Um, but if you got, say, Jalen Suggs or Jonathan Kaminga, and for to, finished that off actually, because I realized I didn't, the number six player. I think there's going to be a mystery player who comes in at number six and just crushes it. Whether it's Scotty Barnes, James book Knight, whoever it is, um, could even be Shen Goon, someone like that could be that six best player. And I really do think the six pick has a lot of potential, but getting Jalen Suggs or Kaminga, the drop off from four to six is still large in a relative of course.
0: I'm glad that you said that because I do believe in Suggs and Kaminga way more than Scotty Barnes, but we have seen a growing sense around Thunder Twitter ever since the lottery that Scotty Barnes is this, this amazing player. Let's start hit with Scotty Barnes. We're going to work through Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Suggs. With Scotty Barnes, just overview of him, what are, in your opinion, his strengths and weaknesses for his game?
1: Yeah, so it starts with his defense. His defense is just unreal, and as we've seen from Florida State, These players who go to Leonard Hamilton and uh, and learn to play defense and refine their defense, it only does positive things. We've seen Jonathan Isaac. We've seen Patrick Williams. We've seen Devin Vassell. We've seen these guys take defensive jumps in their games. And Scotty Barnes is no exception. I mean, he has the size. He's probably honestly got the best tools of any defender. Uh, Maybe Isaac has better tools. But that Leonard Hamilton has seen, and he's just turned him into such a good defender from already a strong defender. And then he also has really good vision, can pass over defenses, has great ability with both hands as a passer, can pass left-handed, right-handed, doesn't matter, uh, looks the exact same, can see over the defenses and everything. And then one thing I, you know, I think is overlooked. Yes, he can't shoot, but he does get to the rim decently well because he has just such long strides. You look at the way Giannis can get to the rim, and by no means is his comparison because they're not the same player, um, but. The way Giannis can just gracefully get to the rim in just so few dribbles, Scottie Barnes has very similar path. The only difference is in college, Scottie Barnes, they knew he couldn't shoot. so And you can also, there's no defensive three in the key, so you can pack the paint. Scottie Barnes didn't finish very well because he was seeing so many double teams at the rim because they could just pack the paint every time he drove. I don't think that's going to happen in the NBA. I think he's going to be a better slasher than he gets credit for.
0: So what I'm hearing is Evan Mobley's coming to rant and, Je- and uh, Scotty Barnes is Giannis.
1: I got it. I, I got to stop name dropping NBA players around you. It's, this is too dangerous.
0: <laughs> I want to tell you right now, about I good friends over at of Ultra Michelob Ultra sponsoring the moment of the week at just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it. If you enjoy it, what moment this week brought you joy, happiness and enjoyment for me? That moment is somewhat Thunder related. Let's say Thunder adjacent for this moment. It was, of course, Chris Paul winning Game 1 of the NBA Finals and achieving that milestone in front of a packed Suns crowd. That was simply awesome. That crowd was electrifying to finally have that sense of normalcy. It's a summer night or watching the NBA Finals in front of fans who are rowdy and Chris Paul, Thunder Legend, getting it done alongside Thunder Legends' campaign and Abdul Nader and Monty Williams. That's the moment this week that's brought me joy, happiness, and enjoyment. It's only worth if you enjoy it. At just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, joy creates success, enjoyment's not the end game, it's the whole game. So try it out today and allow your NBA playoff experience to get even better by checking out Michelob Ultra. Joy, happiness, and enjoyment is what it brings me. And again, it's great because it's only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. I love Michelob Ultra. I love the moment of the week, which is the NBA Finals Game 1. Packed house and Chris Paul getting it done in Game 1. Suns in 6.
2: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So for, for you, Scotty Barnes, just kind of to piggyback off of the strengths and weaknesses, what is your biggest sense of, of optimism with Scotty Barnes? What's something that you will stake your claim to right now that he's going to be very good at, if not elite at? And then what's your biggest red flag for him? What, what will happen for Scotty Barnes not to reach his potential?
1: Yeah, so I actually, I'm in the minority on something on here. And this is that I don't see his shot, lack of shot making being a fatal flaw because for some guys it can, like if you put him with a, if you took off his basketball IQ, I would say it's 100% a fatal flaw. But that man understands the game of basketball at such a high level all around the court where even if he can't shoot, he still knows how to set up his teammates for success and to minimize his weaknesses, whether it's on ball or off ball. And that's on both ends of the floor. Someone like him, it's just very hard to fail. So I, I think that's something I would you know, like to emphasize that it's not all based around the jump shot. But the one thing I would say, I'm going to take the low hanging fruit that, he's going to be good at for a very long time and however long he's in the league the one thing he will constantly be good at is defense
0: well, at least he has something to hang his hat on so whenever you're assigning value to scotty Barnes, where does he grade out at and, and like what kind of what does he project to be uh, in your kind of value scheme is he going to be a starter a role player an all-star a, a superstar what's scotty Barnes kind of value in the nba
1: No, so I think he's the ultimate clue guy, right? Maybe if everything went right, maybe he could be an all-star by association, really, because you look at Draymond Green, for example, has been an all-star three times. Granted, the years he did it, like his first all-star season, he was at 14 points on 49%, nine and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists, with a steal and a block and a half per game. Um, So he would have to really stack the stat sheet, but he doesn't need the scoring to be that all-star impact player. I think that's a more likely thing that he's the all-star impact guy, not necessarily getting an all-star uh, nod. So I would say for him, it's probably a high-end starter or just a high-end rotation player, I should say, someone who can play in any lineup.
0: So whenever you say all-star impact guy, but maybe not an all-star kind of um, nominee or kind of a vote get or whatever, Who's kind of other players that you, you feel that way about? Is it kind of like a Mike Conley until this year, a guy that everyone's respecting enough to be uh, in that conversation, but just never gets the votes? Is that kind of what you mean by that, or is it something completely different?
1: Kind of. Um, actually, a little bit different, though. It's yes, but no. Like, I'm going to use an advanced stat, which I don't think is that good, but I'm going to do it anyways just to kind of prove what I'm trying to say here and more round it out. Mikhail Bridges had the 21st highest warp, which is a generally accepted... Advanced staff for value of a replacement player. That's what it stands for. Mikhail Bridges was 21st on that. He's the ultimate glue guy. Granted, it helped that he was on a very good team, but his impact as a role player was that good, where he was just so strong as a role player that it made everyone else around him better. And therefore, the efficiency when he was on the floor was that good. And no, this is not a Mikhail Bridges comparison. Don't even try it.
0: <laughs> that name is not as clickbaity. So you just baited me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did try to bait you into into a bigger name than Bridges, but still. We've gone over Scotty Barnes. If the Thunder select him at six, you would say what?
1: I would say it's not surprising. It's a very good complimentary swing for Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Poku. I think one thing that needs to be considered with Scotty Barnes is, do you have the shooting to to properly surround him and make sure that he – you know, the shooting, where I said it's not a flaw. If he goes to a team that doesn't have shooting, it actually is a flaw. But in a perfect world, it's not really a flaw. And most teams have enough shooting to make up for it. That's why I say it. So I would say, you know, you have Poku at the five. SGA shot is good enough, I think, where it doesn't matter. Um, or really, you could play Poku in any position. I, I don't know why I limited him to the five. That was, that was ignorant of me. But this is a team that would actually probably surround him very well.
0: It's interesting. I think that this fit has been something that's kind of scaring some Thunder fans I think that any you draft a non-shooter in this day and age you have to worry about how to build your roster around that especially whenever there's still some questions about Lou Dort shooting it personally I know that Lou Dort shooting tailed off at the end of the last year, uh, but he was also taking more above the break threes. He was doing it more from the top of the key areas of his game in which, you know, and of course off the dribble were, where he's not going to be asked to do that once this team becomes competitive, once this team becomes good, he'll be taking corner threes and he was very good at taking corner threes. And so that's where it's going to be limited to. And so then I think that we see another uptick in shooting from Lou Dort whenever his role is kind of reduced back to what it should be on the offensive end. So do you have any concerns about building a, Championship level team around Scotty Barnes?
1: Well, first of all, I would not build it around, but with maybe it probably comes with similar limitations um, to Ben Simmons. And you can use that as a comparison. That is probably his very best case scenario. Uh, you have my grace on this. The same limitations Ben Simmons faces that might be what you get in Scotty Barnes. Um, same way, like I said, college basketball, they pack the paint. You could see that in the playoffs a little bit more to a lesser degree, but similar it's similar enough um so it, it, you know you really have to surround him right and luckily i think oklahoma city is going to surround just all of their core guys better than philadelphia has
0: so uh, again i mean, I mean billy is and build with like like you said just the the factor of if you draft a guy at six you're going to want him to be a long-term starter can that plan really work whenever you're projecting shea Dort, poku and Barnes as kind of your long-term starting group there you only have one more spot to, to kind of make a team that's cohesive enough to to win and win big moving on to Jonathan Kaminga who you and I both like more than Scotty Barnes and I think that that should not be lost I think that a lot of Thunder fans have talked themselves into Scotty Barnes because he seems like the option that's left over Uh, but for Kaminga they've heard me praise Kaminga and and rave about how much I believe in his shot comparatively to Scotty Barnes you can let me know if you agree with that 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 Kaminga's shot has more of an upside than Scotty Barnes shot does. But what are your strengths? And we assist with Jonathan Kaminga and how do you evaluate him as an NBA player?
1: Yeah. So I agree with you. I I love Kaminga. He is clearly better than Scotty Barnes um, as a prospect. Doesn't necessarily mean necessarily will be, but he's more raw. He has really high defensive upside. I think he's got almost a seven foot wingspan. We never got an official measurement, but somewhere between six, 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 seven has the point forward traits. Being a ball handler has a decent handle already can find open cutters, really good in the pick and roll. Um, I think he's going to get that jump shot down. The form isn't completely broken and has some mechanical flaws, but it's not unfixable by any means. And he's a really good athlete. So that's what I really like about him. The areas he does need to get better in, plays out of control a lot. He's still raw and new to the game. Needs to obviously get better at shooting. Needs to get better with his left hand and then navigating pick and roll uh, and just screens in general defensively.
0: So whenever you look at Jonathan coming up, I think that his perfect fit is the Thunder. I think that that the Thunder can give him the time he needs and the coaching he needs. Is the Thunder one of his top top destinations for you? If you got to handpick where you think that Kamenga would reach that ceiling the best at, would it be the Thunder? Maybe the Raptors was kind of the two teams that can give him that that foster of a of a home that can allow him to reset potential.
1: Yeah. So I have mixed opinions on where he should go. I think Toronto is the best fit. Oklahoma city is probably a good fit because I think at the least they keep his value equal to where it would be day one. Uh, you really wouldn't see a major drop off. I don't think, but I don't know, you know, Oklahoma city has done a very good job of maximizing players. That's very good for him. So at the least he could be a good trade piece while he's there. Um, there are some places I would not want him, Um Namely, unfortunately, my Orlando Magic would be tough because their reputation of developing players. He's a guy you have to develop.
0: If you're an NBA GM, you do not let Kaminga fall past what?
1: Six. I can understand, you know, what, like I said, this is a six-person draft at the top. If you fall in love with someone at five, that's not Kaminga. I get it. But you really just can't justify Kaminga past six, I don't think.
0: I wanna say right now, my good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com for all of your car needs. It's time to go there right now, today. There's no longer the need to go to a brick and mortar store because what you're gonna do there is you're gonna walk in and be subject to only the parts they have in their warehouse or the dealerships that they have and the deals they have with other manufacturers that really limit you in what you can order and what you can buy and the price points in which you get them at. Whereas at rockauto.com, what you can do is go to rockauto.com, put your make, your model, your year in and sh- select from thousands and thousands and thousands of makes, models, manufacturers, all that good stuff at rockauto.com. It's a much better experience. My favorite part about rockauto.com, number one, I can go there, Anytime, don't have to leave my house at all. You can just do it right from home. Number two, I don't need help. I don't need the the clerk there at the brick and mortar store. I just need my make, my model, my year of my vehicle, three very obtainable things. Put all that into their website. Their website is so smooth to navigate. It's only going to spit back to me parts that work with my vehicle. That way I'm not buying parts that are not compatible. I'm only getting parts I can truly use at a reliably low price, amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com tell them lockdown sent you. And the how? Did you hear about a box and they'll know what to do from there again tell them that lockdown sent you. And the how? Did you hear about a box and they'll know what to do from there. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On
2: NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: Every day. That was a great chat with Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter, MavsDraft.com, and Tuesdays on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Don't not forget that coming up July 19th, we will have our ultimate mock draft. We're starting right now to put that together, making selections, making trades, all that fun stuff. The ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On in Odyssey starts July 19th. It features the goat of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, Odyssey NBA experts like Brian Scalabrini and former GM Ryan McDonough, and also local experts like myself who host our locked on local shows, making selections and trades for their favorite teams throughout the week long special event. You can hear what trades could have happened that fell through, what trades did happen, what selections were made, and you, along with Brian Scalabrini, Chad Ford, and maybe even John Hollinger. Can grade these trades out as well and let us know how you think that we did as our acting GMs for this fun week of action. You can subscribe to the podcast feed right now. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It starts July 19th. You will not want to miss it. It's on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Odyssey is your new audio home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A U D A C Y. Great chat with Richard. We have so much more to get to though. Part two is coming out Friday. It'll have discussions about Jalen Suggs. It'll have discussions about Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson. It'll have stuff about Kai Jones, Isaiah Jackson, Cam Thomas, as well as an updated list on who the Thunder have worked out and interviewed or, or a list that I've sourced out myself. You can go find that on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles or wait for tomorrow to hear on the podcast at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll also have our mock draft 1.0 coming out on this Locked on Thunder podcast. So stay locked in to Locked on Thunder, your daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Until then, be good and be good to one another.